Just after 11 o'clock, it's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's Bruce Grove and West Edmonton Mall. We're online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on this fine Thursday morning talking fantasy sports and anything else you want to talk about for the next 52 minutes before we hand things over to Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger on the lowdown with low tide. Of course, you can always reach us 1-833-401-1440. That is the text line. If you are texting for the first time, make sure to include your name so we can save you into our system. We had a couple first-timers yesterday. Always appreciate the new people that uh, get in on the conversation. Happy to have you. Also, email Connor at Sports1440, Brandon at Sports1440, both of those .ca. Today on the show, uh, we will talk some fantasy hockey, of course, the NHL. Back at it again tonight, and then the NBA returning with a full slate of games as uh, they come back from their all-star break. If you're not an all-star in the NBA, you get a nice little hiatus, which is quite nice. The Toronto Raptors in action. They'll be taking on the Brooklyn Nets. That one gets going just after 5 o'clock. In the NHL, you've got the Stars, Sens, Avs, Red Wings. What a rivalry that used to be. Lightning, Capitals, Rangers, Devils, Canadians, Penguins, Hurricanes, Panthers, Blues, Islanders, the Bruins. After the victory last night, travel down the QE2 to Calgary to take on the Flames. Golden Knights host the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews, 51 goals on the season. Second goal last night off the neck. They don't ask how. Kraken Canucks, that should be a fun one. And then the Preds taking on the Kings. The Edmonton Oilers off today. They'll be back in action tomorrow when they take on the Minnesota Wild. Then on Saturday night, you got the uh, Battle of Alberta and... One thing we should mention, Brandon, that uh, they, we do have the Sports 1440 watch party going on down at Century Sports Bar and a lounge at the Century Casino Fort Road. You were down at the last one of these uh, Saturday night, so it's how we like to do it. There's going to be a lot going on, drink and food specials. If you're there between 5 and 7, you'll also have a chance to win tickets to the game. They'll also pick up your tab. So let's say the draw happens at 7 o'clock. You're like, oh, we got to get down to Roger's place. Don't worry, your tab will be covered. You hop in a cab or an Uber, whatever your preference is. Maybe you're just out there for dinner so you can drive yourself. Get down to the game and watch it. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, Of course, we will be bringing down some Swartz 1440 hats. I'm going to be there. Kev's going to be there. Brandon's a hard maybe. We'll see who else decides to to drop in and uh, have a good time down at the Century Casino. I, I will say I'm one of those people, and I'm a weirdo, I do like to check out the menu beforehand. Oh, really? Just to take a, a look-see at, you know, what I might They always have great daily specials, and I don't know if that's something that they advertise in advance all the time. Sometimes you just got to show up and be like, hey, what's this? What's the special today? And I believe that's last time when I was there, and I had the prime rib. I think that was the daily. eleven ninety nine prime rib sandwich. Is that just every Saturday special? Every Saturday. <sighs> Man, it was good. Like, hypothetically, if you went today... Nine ninety nine smoked brisket cheesesteak. Oh my! On Fridays they do a barbecue pulled pork quesadilla. I always look so good and, on and social media. I, I, you're saying all this. I was almost kind of tried to eliminate it from my brain because, uh, like, following them on social media, they always post this stuff, right? And I see it, and man, makes me want to jump right over. Them. Maybe I'll have to <laughs> try and sweet talk uh, Marty Stevens, steer the critters bus over there on our way out of town tonight, and just pop in. Uh, 
for a quick little snack on our way out of town and maybe a quick spin One on spin? the quick spin on the roulette wheel. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I like to prep about what I might go for. Slow smoked brisket sounds pretty good. Barbecue pulled pork, crispy chicken sandwich, maybe a pizza. Lots of great food options down at the Century Sports Bar and Lounge inside the Century Casino. So that's where we're going to be Saturday night. Like I said, get there between 5 and 7. You'll have a chance to win tickets to the game as the Edmonton Oilers uh, take it on the Calgary Flames. Should be a lot of fun. Last night, Brandon, uh, you and I were talking about it a little bit. You said you had a pretty sick daily fantasy lineup that you didn't ice. You're going heavy with the Anaheim Ducks. They were involved in a game where they fell out of it quite early, battled their way back in, and then fell out once again. Heartbreaking. I mean, crushing your parlays last night. It was pretty ugly, and yeah, I had a couple a uh, couple of juicy plays. Same game on the Ducks-Columbus game. We talked about it with Anna, Anna Dewey yesterday. Expectation of a lot of offense, and we got <laughs> what we came for there. 7-4 the final. Uh, Mason McTavish, a couple cucks, tucks. Uh, thankfully, that uh, saved me because I had that as a solo play. It was just McTavish, two or more points at plus 450, so that bailed me out. I had the under in the Minnesota or um, Montreal-Buffalo, pardon me, game earlier as well. So, you know, it, it as usual, it's about uh, standard for me. Come out even Stevens on the night, but miss out on a couple of bigger paydays as a result of the Ducks just being... Like, the fact that I expect them to win any games, it doesn't matter who they're playing. The terrible Columbus Blue Jackets, I should not expect it because they're not a very good team. And uh, I, I'll be the first to admit, I don't want to seem like I'm just, uh, you know, one of those guys that builds up his favorite players and then doesn't uh, hold them accountable. My boy, Cam Fowler, pretty rough outing for the guy last night. Well, you know, they're not always going to be perfect. That's what I'm saying. Look <laughs> at the Oilers. Look at Jeremy Swayman, one of the best in the league. Far yeah. from perfect last night. It looked like he was made of rubber. Some of the point, uh, point shots bouncing off him right into the bread basket, out into the slot for the likes of uh, Zach Hyman and Co. to, to clean up and, and sweep home. That was, a, that was an exciting game last night from Rogers' place, even if it didn't start until 8 22 p.m. mountain time well if you were surprised by that then you didn't listen to fantasy <laughs> frenzy because we if, told you that's when it was going to start if you were surprised by that then uh i got a I'll, i got some oceanfront property to sell you in arizona <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that was not a surprise uh i guess from a fantasy perspective if you went out on a limb and picked up warren fogel yesterday two goals that was nice hyman two points Connor mcdavid typical night two assists Corey perry had a helper got into a fight uh, I had some people on Twitter asking, you know, is that the right time to fight? You know, the way he did with the instigator. Well, you know, you got the extra two minutes, but kind of sparked the boys. Did you, it not? You, oh, it's, it's so funny because when Corey Perry fights, and the Oilers fans have now seen it a couple times. I saw it a lot uh, over the years in Anaheim. He, like, he's not a fighter. He's just a pain in the ass. And so when he drops the gloves with guys, sometimes he's out of his weight class. Sometimes he'll engage guys that don't want to fight, which we saw last night with Watherspoon. But... It, like he doesn't care if he's going to land haymakers that knock guys out. It's about showing that he's willing to maybe take a few licks uh, for his team to kind of, you know, drag them into the fight a little bit. And we, we talked about it during in or out with Laddie and Kevin this morning. Is, is there any knocks on Corey Perry since joining the Oilers uh, a matter of what seems like forever ago already, but it's only been a few weeks that uh, I, I graded him out in an A minus during his uh, not even a month long stint yet. And a very strong case to be made for an A because uh, he's done everything asked of him and, and probably a little bit more too because he has chipped in with some offense. The way you said you graded him, it sounds like you have a metric. Oh, yeah. What is it? My eyes watching <laughs> hockey. Eye test, basically. 
It's yeah, not like, well, you got a analytics couple goals. Analytics for the dogs. It's all about the eye test. It's called the Brandon ratio. Right now, he's two to one. I have derived a very complex <laughs> um, empirical formula. It uses a lot of data. It's quadratic. It's uh, it's complicated. I, I won't get into it. Uh, not It's not for the faint of heart. Well, yeah. I like it, though. And I would agree. Three goals in his last four games. Uh, you know, the nickname, The Worm. He certainly lived up to it. And he's been giving you some good things. And I mean, I think a versatile piece that can kind of play up and down the lineup, spot duty if necessary. Uh, in the game last night, that you're down 4-1. I tweeted it out. Well, I should probably eat crow. I also tweeted out, you can probably go to bed. If I if anyone took my advice, and I, I apologize, I was wrong. I said you could probably go to bed. You still would have slept through an Oilers loss, but they did get that point, and it was quite the exciting comeback. Uh, but one thing I did notice, and kind of tough to see, Leon Dreisaitl in that game, through 60 minutes, not one shot. That, that's tough. I mean, we know this guy's a perennial 50-goal scorer. He's got to find ways to get pucks on net because he is so good. It's a might be a, a harsh criticism, but when you're that good and you're down 4-1, uh, I thought for sure he'd be peppering the shots, and he just couldn't find a way to get them through. Other guys could. Warren Fogel keeping the team uh, going. Zach Hyman, Matias Janmark. When when Janmark's scoring, that, that's a, certainly a nice bonus. Uh, overtime, Brandon, I, I don't know if you saw it, but Evander Kane getting uh, getting a little bit of criticism with uh, the, the play in overtime. Kind of an awkward one on the icing, and then three-on-three, Fatigue probably plays a factor. He kind of gets walked. Not the uh, most textbook defensive play, going with the, the two-pad stack, uh, full sprawl in, in through the slot. When it works, though. When it works. Oh, wow. I don't know how often that happens because that's a pretty easy play for uh, any heady-type player to just, like, as soon as you see a guy moving side to side going down, like, just stand still, he's going to go right past you. So um, just about got it with a stick. Stuart Skinner could stay the, uh, say the same with his uh, little backhanded poke check attempt, but great patience by Charlie McAvoy. He's a special player. Like, don't this, this isn't some uh, fourth-line banger um, doing a little toe drag in the slot in overtime. Yeah. This is one of the premier guys in the league. So it's, I, I'm so conflicted about how to evaluate this game for the Oilers because, yes, they against one of the league's best teams – you came back from a three-goal deficit, another terrible second period. So, And you got it to overtime to, to salvage a point out of what looked like a lost cause at a certain a certain point of the second period. On the flip side, why do you keep going playing such a terrible middle 20 minutes of the game? It eventually, in theory, will run out of this you know comeback magic. Yes, you have a couple of the best players in the world in Connor and Leon, but if it's a night where they're not firing... Do you really trust the rest of the lineup to to erase a three goal deficit on its own? It's it, they cannot do it forever. It's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable way to to climb up the standings. And and it caught them last night because they only get the one point instead of what uh, what could have been a two because you catch a Boston goalie on an off night like we talked about rebounds laying out there for the taking. If if and Stuart Skinner took a bit of heat last night, a couple goals that maybe he'd like back. I I don't know. I it's. You give credit to the Bruins for finding a way to win where you played with five defensemen virtually the whole night. No Hampus Lindholm from the start of the game. Yeah. Grezlik out uh, first shift, basically, I think it was. So th- there's a lot to like about the OS comeback, but there's still a lot to be be hesitant and um, critical about in terms of their play in the in the middle frame because it's, it's simply not good enough, and I think it's becoming a mental thing at this point for them uh, in the second period. Uh, Grizzlick. 35 seconds, one shift. There you go. So, like, play basically didn't play. So, the whole game, the Boston Bruins were playing with five defenders. Yeah, I mean, I didn't love the 
Marshawn goal. The that sh- early yeah, in the short period, side. short side. And I know on the broadcast they'd mentioned, you know, it's a tough one. And Brad Marshawn, obviously a very talented goal scorer. But I think that's one you'd love to have your goalie save. Like that just kind of takes the wind out of the sails with the crowd, the team so early in the second period. And then it just snowballed. You allow three goals in the second period. Uh, I know Gregor had the stats out there. Like they're just getting... They're getting pummeled in the second period. Getting, like, what it, happens in that first intermission? It's not just an inability like to finish or, or bad goals allowed by your goaltender. Like it's they're getting caved in for virtually the entire frame, and they they salvaged it last night in the last five minutes or so. They had the heat on, and they, they had that one uh, five man deployment for the Bruins out there for like three minutes. A couple icing calls, and uh, we had some text about us this morning, so if anybody missed it, you cannot call a timeout following an icing in case anybody was wondering for both the Bruins in that situation and the Oilers in overtime. You, it's the rules in place for a reason for exact moments like this. You're you're punished for icing the puck. You cannot change. You cannot call a timeout. So um, there's the explanation, and they, of course, get the one goal, uh, but you probably would have liked to see them maybe even get one more there in those last five minutes. But like I said, you run out of time eventually um, to to mount a comeback. A lot of text coming in here with the Oilers. Although Imitation Tom did said, hey, you can expect guys like Mason McTavish and Vetrano to produce. Three Talking points last night for uh, Troy Terry. Terry yeah. Troy. Good. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Uh, Dallas says, it's amazing when they put Fogel on the second line or first line, how much he produces. How about we just keep him up there and put Nuge down to the fourth line? That's where he belongs anyways. It's just huge. I'm assuming Nuge. I don't think Nuge deserves to be on the fourth line. Well, newsflash. Dallas? Dallas. uh, The Oilers need six top six players, and Warren Fogle can be one of them, and that still includes Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the top six, where he absolutely belongs. Look at the Oilers' power play without Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's not particularly ugly at times. You... you, when you have a unit as effective as the Oilers' power play uh, first uh, first unit is, it's because of every player on the ice. It's not Connor McDavid and four passengers, or Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle's one timer and three passengers. Like every guy has a role, and as soon as you change that up, it's gonna it's gonna make a difference. And we saw that last night. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a good hockey player. Is he a like high end difference maker in the like in the same ilk as McDavid and Drysaddle? No, but that's okay. You can't have a full team of those guys. You just you need complementary players, and I think Nuge is a hundred percent one of those guys, both on the power play and at five on five. So, like Warren Fogle took advantage of his elevation in the lineup. He he looked great, but like I said, you still need other players to play in the top six. I'm sorry, I I love Corey Perry, but he's not a full time top six player at this stage of his career. Spot duty, like you said, Connor, absolutely. But you're going to need both those guys. And if nothing opens up at the deadline here and they can't add a top six forward, that's what you're rolling with down the stretch and into the playoffs. So hate to break it to Oilers fans, but you kind of better get used to it because I'm not sure there's uh, very many viable top six options out there on the trade market. And Nugent Hopkins, I mean, I think polarizing. A lot of people really love him, maybe more than they should. Some I'll, people I'll, don't. I'll put myself in that camp. I, I gave him probably too much credit sometimes and don't criticize him enough when it's, when it's warranted. Five points in his last... Four games when he's played. Uh, before that was pointless in three, but before that he had a five-game point streak and only one one power play goal, a couple power play assists in those streaks I'm talking about. So he, you know, hey, is he the the hundred-point player he was last year? No, I think that was a one-off. I think we can all admit that. But I think with Nuge, yeah, not a fourth-line player. 
And if you're paying a fourth line player as much as you're paying Nuge, something went wrong. Mitchell says tie game, third period. Kane, terrible pass. Leon says screw it and goes for a long change instead of stopping on the puck and getting back. Absolutely terrible, but very common for 29. Major reason they haven't won yet. BB says Skinner was awful and he has been since the All-Star break. Alfred, RNH fourth line. Yeah, baby. Dallas says, okay. I'll give you that point on the third line. Give you them on the third line. We're talking about our bottom six depth. He would be perfect there. I don't think he was missed yesterday in the top six on the power play. Probably on the power play. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's kind of just a calming presence on the power play. You know, he doesn't often make the bad play. You know, he's going to make that. He's going to execute a lot of his passes. Mitchell says you want Hopkins to be a third liner that can produce on his own line. First overall pick can't handle it. I don't know. To me, his draft stock at this point, <laughs> irrelevant. He is who he is. That was 13 yeah. years ago. Cool. He was a first overall pick. He is what he is. He could have been a, not every draft pick plays out to, you know, draft status. And imagine, that's okay. Imagine if you like held Pavel Datsuk to his <laughs> draft stock. He, then he be, he overtakes Wayne Gretzky as the best player <laughs> of all time. Like it's draft stock is good to in terms of um, maybe evaluating guys and and I, I think teams do this a little bit too much too opportunity given to players in the system as they're coming up like oh this guy was a first round pick we're gonna play him over um, or give him more opportunity than a fourth liner even if it maybe isn't deserved at certain points that's okay pedigree matters and there's a reason they were top picks but we're talking about 13 years ago Ryan Nugent Hopkins was the first overall pick just enjoy and appreciate the player he is right now and what he does for the lineup because. It's effective and useful. He can sometimes look a little bit too much of a pedestrian um, and and uh, uh, too much pedestrian in his effort, pardon me. But guess what? Leon Dreisaitl's one of the best players in the league, and we say the same thing about him sometimes too. So, Alfred says, the only corner R&H ever rushed into was for a hoagie and a big gulp, like a corner store. Yeah, well, that's not his game, Alfred. But he's, al- he's also... <laughs> I. Yeah, he he goes to the corner. Come on, he goes. But also, like, it's not like he's. Um, uh, this is no offense to Phil Kessel because he's one of the best. He's not a Phil Kessel body type. Like, <laughs> like the hoagie and big gulp reference would it kind of lead me to think that he's fat, and I, think, I don't think that's ever been used to describe Ryan Nugent Hopkins in his life. I think he may just feel like that's a corner store. I, I, I get, get it, but you, I think they're just like if you're gonna throw, if you're gonna try and cr- um, craft up a chirp, you could do better because he's not a fat guy. Mitchell follows up with they've paid him how much in those 13 years the point is find someone who can well no because it doesn't matter what he's getting paid like that that's the manager's a pass of what they've paid in the contract you're telling given me if him. your boss offered you a raise you wouldn't take it when you're when you're a player and you're putting put into the lineup and you're a coach contracts can't matter you can't really justify it. like I know I did say if he's playing on your fourth line that's an overpayment on the fourth line that was just kind of commentary he's paid what he's paid that's done there's nothing you can do about it the, did he get a little too much term? I think so. I think that's kind of what Ken Holland does, though. That's how I think he, he keeps guys. He gives them that extra year, extra couple of years, and makes them want to stick around. But, I mean, hey, he's been paid. He's been paid what he's been paid. To say he's a fourth liner, bit of a bit of a, a, a stretch. Third liner, maybe. I mean, geez, if you had him on the third line and you could operate three lines with McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nuge down the middle, uh, heck yeah, I'm on board for that. You're, you're, you're probably talking primo. about your team as a clear-cut Stanley Cup favorite at that point. If the players you're putting on the wing around them are good enough to complement, like stretching your best players down the lineup just for the sake of doing so is an effort in futility. 
Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a very good first line winger. If that's what the lineup dictates on a certain night, play him there. If you need some more center matchup and a, and a veteran guy who is, you know, pretty savvy defensively, he's not, um, like I said, he's not physical, uh, a physical player or whatever. And sometimes he struggles on the draw side of thing, but you need to stretch your centers down the lineup. Then, okay, he gives you that option because he's versatile. But I, I get why Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a polarizing player, but I just don't get the rhetoric that he's he's terrible and should be playing on the third or fourth line. Fourth line, I think, is just ludicrous. And nobody should really be expecting that. No. But even third line on a regular basis, I think the third line should be more we're shaking up the lines, like I said, stretching our center depth, something like that. It shouldn't. I think he belongs in the top six because of his, uh, like his offensive ability and creativity and production, especially alongside top end players like Drysdale McDavid. Not everybody can do that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Guy's coming off a hundred point season. He granted a lot of power play points. I'll throw that in there. Uh, I'll try and get the numbers for that when we come back. But it was it, it was a one uh, overtime loss to a very good team without Nugent Hopkins in the lineup. I don't know why we're really focusing big time on him, but hey, let's uh, let's keep the conversation going. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get into the inbox a little bit more. Keep the text coming in. 1-833-401-1440. It's Fantasy Frenzy. Hallie and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 1128's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas with you. The show is always brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce, Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. We might need to take a, a walk down to Wilhock after this one, Brandon, to calm down. The, the text line is absolutely fired up. I will tell you this. To roll on in today, and it's one of the things I love about sports radio, and especially sports radio in this fantastic market, I did not expect after a 6-5 overtime loss to the Boston Bruins, a game that did not feature Ryan Nugent Hopkins, for him to become the topic of the show. He didn't even play last night. Poor guy is sick. Some people say he belongs on the fourth line. I tell you, what would he have done last night? Could he have chipped in? Could he have had a power play goal or assist? Perhaps. Played in overtime? Maybe. When Maybe. Actually, this is, I, I actually, off the top of my head, can't even think. When they trot out just a four-man overtime power play, is it Hyman or Nuge that's usually the fourth guy? I can't even think off the top of my head. I would think they, Hyman. They touch the puck so rarely. I would think Hyman because you're going to put him in net, front of the net, net. Front, right? And you still got uh, McDavid, Bush, and Dreisaitl along yeah. your perimeter. So I, I agree, but... Um, but then you drop out that second group with... Who would it be? We're going Dreisaitl. Or sorry, not Dreisaitl. Nurse, Nuge, Kane. And Corey Perry. <laughs> Scory Perry? Scory Perry. Put him in man. front of the net. Maybe Kane. Park, I'll park him out front. You you notice the drop off without Nuge on the power play. It was it, yeah, very it, evident. Anybody that says otherwise is, I'm sorry, you're lying to yourself, or you didn't actually watch the hockey game. Crazy. Let's jump into the inbox. We'll do this for Ewell. Ewell gives you more than premium quality electrical products. Are you ready to elevate your projects? Contact Ewell to discuss how they can partner with you for success. Check them out online at ewel.ca. Let's scroll through the text line here, Brian. I'm going to get knock off a bunch of these if we can here. Let's throw Leon and Connor on the fourth line as well. Solid idea from Oilers fans. We're the best team in the league since November. Chill out, BG. Oh, my goodness. Think of the mismatches you'd create. 
with McDavid, <laughs> try to settle a nuge on the fourth line. Yeah, like other coaches are just putting a mind pretzel. Be like, well, their fourth line's out there. That means I have to put my fourth line out there. <laughs> changing the game. Oh, like, BG, I like yeah, it. Chris, Chris Knobloch, changing the game. I, I remember when Brandon Staley was hired by the Chargers, he talked about how his defensive scheme was going to make offensive scheme. She's like, they got to they gotta adapt to us. And that's what it would be. Yeah, you adapt to our fourth line. Wouldn't make a difference. Northside Lou, boys, this is not a Stanley Cup contending tandem. Full stop. Skinner's breakdown on long-range shots has been concerning lately. I realize the assets are likely going to obtain a winger and a D-man, but we are not winning anything with this tandem. Northside Lou. Well, great news, Lou. Um, Jack Campbell, seasoning in the minors. (laughs) I kid, of course, but uh, I do think Jack Campbell will be back with the team come playoff time. Um, I, I let's not forget that Stuart Skinner just finished a three month run of being probably the second, third best goaltender in the entire NHL. It's okay. It's okay to hit a roughs patch. The team's leaning on him very heavily, and it's probably not going to lean on him as heavily down the stretch as the schedule intensifies. I will be seeing a lot more Cal Pickard probably as early as tomorrow night. I would think he starts uh, on Friday and gives Stuart uh, Skinner the game against Calgary Saturday night. But that's just a guess. But a very well-educated guest. Jay says, in what world is a $5.14 million per year contract bad for a player who's a point per game? Great question. Very good. Tub Guy says, the thing with Ryan Agent Hopkins is he can only compliment top players, but he can't carry a line himself. You know what? I don't disagree with that. I don't either. I think that that's fair. Playing with... But... He also thinks the game well enough that he can play with those top players, which I think is an attribute we just don't really give people credit for. It gets bypassed. People assume, like, oh, yeah, I could play with McDavid and park myself at the back post and cash in 30 a year. Well, hate to break it to you, uh, Joe Schmo from from anywhere in Edmonton, Collingwood. That's not how it works. The ability to play with high-end players is a skill set in and of itself. I just said this before the break. You can't have an entire team of line drivers. I'm sorry. That that's if you can, you're you've made out really well probably drafting young players because players like that command higher salaries and you can only fit so many high salaries onto a team. Unless you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, but look at the state of their defense. Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a winger in the top six is perfectly acceptable for a player with his production, contract and uh pat like past uh past levels of production yes connor or like you said last year probably the aberration he's not going to be a 100 point player but a point per game player that sounds pretty good to me and a guy that can play your first power play unit kill penalties when needed take face-offs even if it's not necessarily a strength like this is this is as versatile of a player as you can ask for Glenn says, these comments didn't deserve your time. Some people may watch hockey but don't understand what they're watching. Glenn, you know what? I think everyone deserves our time on this show. Because <laughs> also I, true. I can't say every time on this show, we're talking fantasy sports and whatever else you guys want to talk about without talking about it. So I respect that, Glenn, but you know what? Even if I disagree with people's texts, we're still going to read them. Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad. Alfred says Nuge likes Nickelback. 
Well, what's wrong with Nickelback? So does Connor McDavid. <laughs> Openly. So do like millions of people yeah, like, around it, the it, world. I assume that's meant as an insult. For sure. Based on Alfred's previous text uh, condemning RNH. Although I think the, the, like you said, the one comment he made was as a joke about the corner store thing. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with Nickelback? I'm going to play some Nickelback coming out of the next break. I've always said, and I've never been to Nickelback, but I feel like you put me in the crowd. You have a couple beers. The pyro's your going. Your fist pumping, your head banging. They're playing Never Again. I like. I would just put up the the horns. Yeah, so you play be- Never Again. You got the lighter in the air probably. I, something would just take over my body, and I'd just be enjoying it in the moment. Like I, they're, they got some good That's a good concert you could enjoy in a variety of substances, Now, both photo- legal and illicit. Photograph, not, not my jam. <laughs> but they got some songs you just turn the music up and... Love it. It's They're simply too good. <laughs> Doug says, Nuge is an awesome corner guy. When he goes for a puck in a scrum, he comes out with a puck more times than not. Perplex- there, yeah. There's different ways to play in the corner. Yeah, you don't have to be... <laughs> you don't have to go in... Uh, Todd Bertuzzi. El- elbows up, uh, ready, or like reverse hitting, whatever. Like You can go in, kind of wait for the opportunity, and like I said, just a little, little toe drag out of, out of somebody's feet and come away with it. That's a perfectly fine way to play in the corners as well. It doesn't get as much credit sometimes because you're not going in and bowling guys over, but, but I digress. <laughs> For Puck Silver's fan, McDavid sure seems to like Nuge too. Team needs two bottom six centers to win a cup. Yeah, gotta find them though. Gotta find them. My And my solution to this would be trade for a fourth line or third line center. Then inst- instead of putting your first line winger on the fourth line. That seems like an easier solution to me. But you know you have a guy you can play heavy minutes with McDavid. Go find the guy you can play bottom six is what you're saying. I think those guys are more available. They're cheaper to acquire. This team this is a team with limited assets to go out and bring in new faces come the deadline. So, yeah, I, I think uh, acquiring a third or fourth line center is a much more attainable goal for Ken Holland than a new first line winger. So... Ryan Nugent Hopkins could play third line center. Brad says, why on earth are we discussing Nugent's role on this team? Hey, the text came in. (laughs) It's what the people want. (laughs) You and I are just laughing in the break. We're like, how did this happen? But we're going to roll with it. Ant-Man says, I've been seeing folks roasting Stu over these last few games, and I get it. But he's really good at keeping us within games. But he's still young. I'm a strong Stu believer. Yeah, I mean, you know what? What do they say about Grant Fear, our co-host every Tuesday on the Kevin Carrius show? Like, he might let in four, but he's not going to let in that when, fifth when, one. When the when you need when the other team's looking for the fifth, it's not happening. Yeah. Now, granted, Skinner kept him in there at four. He made a big save on a breakaway in at overtime, one point. like a JVR right out of the box, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's he, a that's a break. That might as well be a penalty shot. Gets yeah, it right from the easy. red line, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he he they lost in overtime, so he kept them close enough. Granted, would have liked to see him make a few more saves. I'll totally agree with that, but he kept them in it. Uh, Team Dean says Nuge plays in the four-man unit. Okay, there you go. Montana DeRice says, I love Kane, but in three-on-three overtime, that ain't it. Doesn't have the foot speed. Yeah, fatigue was certainly a factor for Kane in overtime. Got I, well, especially on icing, right? I mean. Yeah, we're yeah. not asking him to defend either too often. <laughs> Didn't go too well. But also, <laughs> like you so said, funny. Nuge out of the lineup. How much of an impact does that have on the the roster? No name on this one. Does the NHL mandate flu shots? Thought the pros would get their shots with all the travel. Couldn't tell you. 
could not tell you. I maybe could reach out to a former NHLer or two and ask, but do not know for sure. No name on that one. Ronnie says Nuge could be a driver on the third line. Yeah, I mean, you got to have complimentary pieces around him. Like some people have said, I don't know if he's someone who can just carry a line on his own the way Drysdale and McDavid have shown that they can. I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of like him where he is. But if he could, if, if they could find him a, a couple wingers to flank him with and have a great third line, hey, that'd be fantastic. But then you're looking for someone to play top line with McDavid. George from the Clyde says, guys, if the oil cannot correct the PK and their second period siestas, it'll be a first round exit. Thoughts? Totally agree. I mean, those are things they certainly need to figure out. The the lapses in the second period, and we saw this going back to last year in the playoffs. You know, they go into those games against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in the second round, and then they would just collapse. And it was typically in the second period, I believe. I'd have to go back and look at the box scores to confirm that. But yeah, the, the second period slump, Certainly not good. Some of these come in and they're they're timed and they're just not uh, enough information for me to exactly roll with it here. Russ in the barn says, hey, how about this team just being happy having a decent team again? Piling on Nuge is insane. Yeah, Russ, it it happens, buddy. We get a lot of... uh, a lot of times people just kind of vent their frustration here. That's okay. That's that's why we like to talk about it. We'll talk through it. Uh, how is it a knock to be able to play on the fourth or first line? Power play or penalty kill from Husks. Yeah, Nuge is like the ultimate, I don't know, Teflon guy. Like Utility he, knife. You can kind of put him everywhere. Not a not a knock. But I, I do kind of think with his skill set, ability, track record, all that sort of thing to say he belongs on the fourth line, kind of a slap in the face to it's, the guy. It's a laughable question, and I do agree with some of the comments saying, like, this is a text like that is shouldn't even be, you know, given the time of day. We'll, we'll hear anything, but to expect us to take it serious is maybe another another question. Fourth line, yeah, that's out of the question. But there is a, a much stronger argument to be made about him being, you know, a third-line center. But I, I, that's where I'm actually willing to engage and say I don't see that either because of everything I've talked about, the ability to play with top-end players and the uh, um, not even availability, but like how many more third-line centerman type players there are out there. Not everybody can play in the top six, and they're way harder to come by. So I think that's the, the best the best utilization uh, of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. New text here. Painter and Fort Max says, boys lose a pretty entertaining game and the negative Nancy's come out. Sounding like a bunch of Leafs fans here. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know what? There, there's always going to be people that I get a little bit critical. Uh, another one saying, Nugent is not a point break game player. Scrolling through his statistics. Yes. Uh, well, only been a point per game player once in his career. But... How much of his career has been spent on very, very (laughs) poor Oilers teams? That's And that's a fair point. Not always having the most talent around him. Anyways, we got to take a break. We're running late here. The text line is going absolutely crazy. We'll try to catch up at the uh, following final segment of this show. That was the inbox for EWL. Check them out online at ewel.ca. When we come back, we'll let you know what's coming up on the lowdown with low tide. The Oilers talk will continue, I assume. The Jason Greger show at 2 o'clock. We'll let you know what's coming up with those as well. It is Fantasy Frenzy. Hallie and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. You're telling me you're at this concert. Chad Kruger's singing his heart out, and you're not feeling it? I don't know, Nickelback haters. I'm not saying I'm a huge Nickelback guy, but 
I would go to a concert for sure. I think it'd be a good time. Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you here today. The text line 1833-401-1440. And as always, the show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Go check them out at one of their three locations, Spruce Grove, West Edmonton Mall, and Leduc. And uh, tell them we sent you. I don't know if it will get you any praise or anything, but Might let get you a cool wink. Thumbs up. <laughs> Neat. Or check them out online at willhawkbeefjerky.com. Should let you know, coming up today on the Lowdown with Low Tide, of course, they're going to talk Oilers-Bruins. They'll continue this conversation. Low Tide just kind of poked his head in and just shook his head. So I, I'm thinking they'll keep this going. Omar Muellan will join them at... 1220 talk a little wrestling and then they've got the nhl rumors and then at one o'clock it's mr gene shorts bag milk himself from oilers nation and the better late than never podcast then today on the jason gregor show uh, we'll kick things off with kevin woodley at 220 uh missed him on monday but want to talk about goaltending uh Stuart skinner well we'll get the breakdown from the goalie guru at 220 we'll hear from kevin carius you know him from the Kevin Carius Show, appropriately titled, which runs from 7 to 11, Monday through Friday here on Sports 1440. TR will be by, we think, he is Mr. Worldwide. Move over, Pitbull. This guy travels more than anyone. He's on his way to Fort St. John from Newfoundland. That's a trip. Ask him if he stayed up till 2.45. Watching this one last Newfoundland night. time last night. <laughs> I think he did. He is committed. And then he had like a 6 o'clock flight to go to... <laughs> Calgary, I believe. Then I think he transfers and goes to Fort St. John. Uh, Colin Livingston will be by for the Cantor Racing Report. We'll go around the NHL. We'll talk to Mark Spector as well as Paul Sir, host of the basketball show, which airs Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. right here on Sports 1440. Rowdy Roddy says, hey, boys, great show. Haters going to hate. 31 other teams would love to have Nuge and his versatility. Rowdy Roddy, I think so, too. Banjo Guy, hey, fellas, why wouldn't Op call a timeout after the icing in OT from Banjo Guy? Uh, Brandon, as you replied, no timeouts after icings. Husk says, you guys are just trying to make <laughs> listeners angry with Nickelback. Not saying they are not talented, but I'm guessing that if you liked Nickelback, you like Creed. Three Doors Down, Theory of a Dead Man. I could go on. Theory of a Nickel Fault is what my older sister used to call that genre. That's all <laughs> That's kind of mixed good, in. Actually. What hey. was the what was the last part of that? Theory of a nickel fault. So like as in de- like default? Default. Lead singer? Dallas Smith. Good BC boy. Yeah. Prominent uh Canadian country music artist now. Oh really? Oh buddy, he's like as big as it gets. I liked default actually. I know I liked like three songs. <laughs> but you know, when you had an MP3 player and it only held 50 and you put three default songs on there, that's coming up pretty th- regularly. That's high praise. You could put the same category for me of the likes of pretty much all these groups outside of Nickelback that Huss just listed. Like, I was like, oh, I love Creed. I love Three Doors Down, Theory. Yeah. Could I name more than maybe a few songs of each of them? No. But if you got like a good blend of all of them, it's seamless because, yeah, I, 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 I'm not afraid to admit they do all sound very much alike. It's even Nickelback within themselves, a lot of songs that sound the same. Doesn't mean I can't still like them. I mean, I feel like if you go time to time, era to era, there's going to be bands that all kind of sound similar. Yeah, believe it or not, people look at what's successful and they follow that trend. Look at country music these days. Beyonce is releasing quote-unquote country album. Lana Del Rey going to do the same. It's People look at what is popular and they look to monetize on that. So 
there you go, your little lesson in the uh, music industry economics. And I mean, unless someone's voice is so distinct that it really separates them, I mean, I mean, look at the grunge era in Seattle, right? Yeah. A lot of bands, like, they, it, it was cool. People like it, so you're going to like the other bands that come with it. Bacon King, great name. Guys, what's going on with our team defense right now? We've allowed 32 goals in our past eight games since the break. Our previous 16 before the break, we only allowed 24. We also allowed 11 goals on the last 27 PKs for a 60% kill rate in the last eight games. The 16-game win streak, our kill rate was like 97%. This has been an absolute defensive collapse from the team. The Bacon King. Yeah, you know what? And I, I, I don't want him to make the winning streak seem like less than it was. But I do factor in some of the opponents weren't quite as good. You're playing some stronger teams right now, so those numbers are going to change a little bit. I do agree. You know, it, it would have been impossible, I think, for this team to continue holding teams to two goals or less. That was unbelievable what they did. They did exactly what they had to do. Uh, but there has been some lapses as of late. We'll see if they can correct it. If Nuge can't drive a line, why would someone expect him to drive the fourth line? <laughs> ah, good question. Spruce Grove Corey. Trapping that person in a little bit of a conundrum. I will say, I mean, obviously matchups are easier, but the reality is if you put Ryan Nugent Hopkins out there with Connor Brown and Derek Ryan, I think a lot of opposing coaches will probably match up against that more like it's a third line because you res- they respect what Ryan Nugent Hopkins is capable of. But the, the point remains, like a play driver is a play driver kind of regardless of, you know, line mates, some to a point opposition, I guess, like the, you can get the breakdown of uh, advanced analytics about how players do against other players with stronger uh, measures, but uh, it's, it's a, it's, it, it doesn't matter because third or fourth line, Roger Hopkins is good. If against good teams, they have good and fourth, third and fourth lines too. So it's still a tough matchup. I agree. Is the play drive, like a play driver is a play driver regardless shop cat says so many people diss nickelback but everyone's got to admit leader of men is a banger from shop cat in sherwood park alfred says when rh goes into scrums he's behind the refs looking in yeah but you know what alfred that's because the refs have to hold him back because if he gets in there he's gonna kill someone do you remember what happened with justin hall <laughs> the league cannot have that happen again they True. have to protect players from nugent hopkins and that's why he's held back what did, what did what did Nuge do to you, Alfred? There's too much hate here. Maybe Alfred's that guy I saw trying to chirp Nuge inside uh, Billy Bob's circa <laughs> 2013 and ready. What year did Nuge have the shoulder injury? I think he got you. surgery. It's it was one of, one of after his first few seasons back in Red Deer, kind of mild stomping rounds. R.I.P. Billy Bob's and Bellinis. But yeah, I saw Nuge in there one off season, shoulder in a sling, and guys going up and like chirping him about. Oh, too bad you didn't get the first overall pick for a fourth year in a row. Nuge just brushed him off like, come on, man. You don't want to mess with Nuge. Guy's tough. I don't get why people go up to pro hockey players and chirp them. I met Laddie Schmid at a bar once back (laughs) in the day. I chatted with him for like 20 minutes um, at Oil City. Oil City Roadhouse? Bought him. Later, uh, Later known as Knoxville's Tavern for some of our younger listeners. That's it. Bought him a Stella Artois. Don't know why I bought him a beer, but I guess it was cool that he was talking to me. So, like, <laughs> wow, just starstruck. <laughs> great guy, great guy. And yeah, you can hear him on Sports fourteen forty every Thursday. He was he was on fire again this morning, as uh, Laddie is every Thursday. I will say, loved him talking about 
to checks winning gold. Yeah. And just talking about like how cool it was for him as a young kid and how like the the plane had to be diverted so they could go home and do the party and you know them sliding off the the plane because it was such a wild <laughs> flight from was it Nagano? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bobby V. Good morning, gentlemen. Dry saddle's been about 70% all season. He holds onto the puck far too long most nights, and his passes haven't been nearly as sharp. Even his one-timers aren't up to his standards. He is one of the leaders, so I'm pointing him out. There are other players on this team who are aggressing as well, like Kane, who can't make one good pass in either zone. Tarnay, who can't also can't make a pass, and Ekholm has struggled at times. I hope they and others get back to their true potential in the next month, or we are going to... Uh, so we have our best team going forward, Bobby. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's not going to be perfect throughout the entirety of the season. You say that, but watch Drysdale is going to score a couple goals in the next two games, and he'll score from his office at an angle that we thought was impossible. Just what they do. Might have been an off night for him. Uh, lots of texts coming in here, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We can't even get to all of these. There's so many right now, but keep them coming. Uh, Alan Mitchell has two hours, so. He can probably get through most of these with you guys. Discuss the Edmonton Oilers coming off that loss to the Boston Bruins. If you missed anything today, make sure you check out our podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get them from. Make sure you go check it out and subscribe. Right now, though, before we hand things over to Al, we'll get to a sports update with Brandon Douglas, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in the Duke, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com.